This podcast was first broadcast on Fresh FM, the top of the South community access radio station. For more information on Fresh FM, as well as links to other great local podcasts, go on our website freshfm.net or download the accessmedia.nz app. Good evening, everybody. You are listening to From Rags to Riffs on Fresh FM, broadcasting across the top of the south on 104.8 Nelson, a 95.0 Tarkika, and 88.9 in Blenheim. If you're just tuning into this show, if this is the first From Rags to Riffs episode you have ever listened to, uh, our basic premise of the show is we have a look at the history of popular music by um, analysing the various subgenres and movements across all of its many facets. This can include rock, metal, blues, jazz, electronic, and your basic pop. Pretty much anything from about 1910 all the way till 2021 is fair game. This show is very proudly sponsored by the Kiwi Spirit Distillery in Collingwood, purveyors of the finest vodkas, gins, and one exceptionally excellent form of tequila. Now, let's get into this. Uh, This episode, we'll be taking a look at a genre that I have very recently been uh, beginning to dig into and uh, greatly appreciate and enjoy, and that is the genre of progressive metal. Progressive metal has its basic roots in uh, 1970s progressive rock, as do most of the progressive genres. And pretty much what the word progressive means in this um, context is any form of metal which is experimental and unconventional um, when compared to the other metal subgenres. It is an incredibly vague genre. And it can be very easily applied across a number of different genres. You have progressive death metal, you have progressive black metal, you have progressive sludge metal on top of just regular, or I mean, I can't really say regular, but on, on top of your more run-of-the-mill, all-rounder progressive metal styles. And that's not even touching upon one of Prog Rock's pretty much its only spin-off genre, which is the hotly debated genre of gent. Um, but I will get to that uh, particular branch of metal at another time, I think. I think for this one I'm just going to focus in on um, the more mainstream brand of progressive uh, metal, if you can call it that. Perhaps one of the most well-known progressive metal bands uh, in the modern um, era of progressive metal it has to be the band Dream Theatre. Uh, Dream Theater are massively important for the modern progressive metal genre. Uh, they've done quite a lot to keep it going, and they've become almost the banner bearers of the entire genre at this point. Uh, they released their first album in 1989, and it completely failed. It, it was quite a, a bit of a mess, um, and really didn't stick. But their second album, which is Images and Words, is what really gained um, their first uh, breakthrough and proper attention on the band. However, whilst Images and Words was the album that allowed, sort of brought Dream Theatre into the spotlight, I believe it is their 1999 album, uh, Metropolis Part 2 Scenes from a Memory, which is the band's magnum opus. This was their first uh, attempt at a concept album. And it went down so well it is ranked as part of the list of the essential concept albums up there alongside Pink Floyd's The Wall and Queensryche's Operation Mindcrime. Uh, Metropolis Part 2 follows along from one of their songs off uh, Images and Words which is Metropolis Part 1 The Miracle and The Sleeper and initially um, Metropolis Part 2 was supposed to be just one song but it gradually it sort of blew up and it became a full-fledged album uh, the reason I think that Metropolis Part 2 is their magnum opus in terms of a prog metal standard is um, the sheer creativity behind a number of the tracks uh, particularly the track um, Dance of Eternity which is Scene 7 Part 1 now this um, track, Dan- The Dance of Eternity, has become quite famous in the uh, progressive rock and metal world 
for being one of the most technically advanced and complicated compositions to come out of this genre, um, particularly in terms of its time signatures. Now, um, I think I did prog rock a while back, and I talked about how it, part of prog's thing is that it utilizes very strange time signatures. Well, not strange, but it um, tends to look at normal 4-4 timing in most, which is the bulk of popular music as standard timing. It, it tends to look at 4-4 timing with a little bit of disdain um, and tends to go more in favor of 5-4 or 7-4 or even nine um if you're feeling adventurous um but the reason i bring up time signatures with the dance of eternity is because this track is famous for the fact that it changes time signatures 108 times in six minutes which on paper doesn't really look that complicated because it's just ink and numbers however from a technical standpoint from and the idea of playing that is is crazy it is absolutely crazy and if you listen to it you can hear just how out of the box and crazy it is and it sounds incredible so here we have the dance of eternity from dream theater
Dance of Eternity from Dream Theater. Now, that is a mental trip of a song. It is crazy. From a musical standpoint, that song is ridiculous. And I think if any song encapsulates the sheer wild creativity of progressive metal and and prog rock in general, Dance of Eternity is well up there on that list. Now, Dream Theater represent a... I've heard them described as an all-rounder progressive metal band. Uh, and honestly, they are. I've listened to quite a number of their albums, and they do... I almost feel they lean more towards the um, progressive rock end of the genre. Um, compared to some of the other bands and artists I've got here, they are very much light on the metalish aspect uh, but they're very accessible and they, they they definitely lean into the prog part not more than the metal part um, and they, they represent the um, prog metal genre at its most basic I think this is this is default progressive metal I'm not saying that in a derogatory way I should probably say pure progressive metal instead of um, instead of default um, pure would be the, the uh, more accurate sense of the term. There is no additional subgenre attached. There is no like additional um, titling to Dream Theater's music. They Dream Theater are progressive metal. That's the end of that statement. But what happens if you stick another metal genre onto? progressive metal and this is part of the beauty of heavy metal as a genre as a super genre like including all of the various subgenres is that it is one of the only genre i think it's the there's the only genre of music out there at the moment where every single noted subgenre is currently being played for example, rock music has had many subgenres of rock music. You've had progressive rock, you've had grunge rock, you've had psychedelic rock, um, punk rock. You, you know, the list goes on and on. So there's various subgenres and sub subgenres and little movements and moments. But like grunge rock is a great example of this. Grunge rock was a subgenre of rock. Was a subgenre of rock. Whenever someone plays something grungy nowadays, it's not considered grunge rock, it's considered post-grunge. So the grunge genre itself is completely dead. You know, you'll never be able to play grunge rock, you'll only always be labelled post-grunge. Meanwhile, metal has... It, uh, we've had doom metal, we've had black metal, death metal, sludge metal, symphonic metal, power metal... All of these genres, and they're all still going. Someone kicked, they all kicked off at various different times, never kicked off together. But every time one started, it hasn't stopped. Doom Metal being the most impressive, being the first proper sub-genre of metal. But it's um, expired by Black Sabbath, and it's still going. So it's a bit of a long tangent, but I'm just setting up. Um, but also the other beauty of this is that all of these genres are so stylistically unique and separate from one another that you can chop and change them, to stick them together to create totally new sounds. Because none of them ever sound so similar that you put, like, you put them together and nothing happens. So what happens if you stick death metal and progressive metal together? Well, you get Opeth. Opeth are a Swedish... Uh, well, they start kicked off as a Swedish death metal band. Now, Sweden has quite an impressive death metal scene, uh, especially at the time they were leading the world in that particular subgenre. And Opeth sprung out of that, but they have sort of over time topped... Um, I mean, depending if you're a prog fan versus a death metal fan... Um, but they've risen quite a long way above the death metal scene there, which is, which is still fairly underground, um, by embracing progressive elements. And at this point in time, Opeth, I don't think, really count as a death metal band anymore. Um, as of their 2011 album Heritage, they are now producing what was effectively 1970s prog rock. Now, so they've almost fully stepped out of the metal genre. 
Um, but back in the day, um, especially around their album Blackwater Park, now this one is like considered their magnum opus. Um, this album combined heavy like death metal vocals death and heavy metal instrumentation alongside some gorgeous acoustic guitar sections even and sprinkled through with jazz um soloing uh acoustic jazz soloing and you would think on paper that this is a bizarre combination how does this work and it works gorgeously and in typical prog rock fashion the songs being fairly long um and a pop you can skip ahead in an opeth song and you'll feel like you're listening to a completely different track because it'll switch so quickly within the same song from hard death metal vocals to but what is effectively amounts to an indie folk song and then suddenly the distortion will dial its way back in and it'll just go mental and it is it is a brilliant combo so here for your listening pleasure is opeth's black water park now i will note this does have some uh death metal vocals in it so i would beg you humbly to give it a listen for about at least the first three minutes um, and so you can see my point with the acoustics but please even if you're not a fan of death metal or heavy metal in general please give this a listen All right. like water park
Opeth's Blackwater Park. Fantastic prog metal song. I should say progressive death metal is the technical term for this. And honestly, I have to say that progressive death metal is one of the most interesting sub like variants of progressive metal. Because it traditional death metal is very violent. Um, it, it's it's over the top it's gory a lot of it is it's, it's a show but progressive death metal I don't know it just seems to have a bit more of an edge to it it loses the goriness but keeps the hardness I, I don't know it's hard to describe it, it's totally different but also the same and I'm rambling like an idiot uh, another brilliant um, progressive death metal band is Gojira. Uh, Gojira uh, originated in France. They are a French uh, member of the French death metal scene. They recorded their own um, their debut album uh, Terra Incognita, as well as their follow up The Link, basically by themselves. Uh, the French death metal scene at the time they were very obscure. Um, Gojira were very very obscure, but they were starting to grow a little bit in their home country. But it was the release of their third album titled From Mars to Sirius, which broke the band through into, um, I wouldn't say the mainstream, but it broke them internationally in the metal world. And it is still a fantastic album. And it is, with it came the traditional stereotypical image associated with Gojira, which is a flying whale. Um, because the album. Um, from Master Series is another concept album and this concept album is about uh, the end of the world um, caused by human caused by human destruction of the planet and the environment Um, and the track Flying Whales off it which is the one that's become the most synonymous with the band and this album um, is a story about how whales are ancient aliens that leave earth fly away from earth after we ruin it pretty crazy but it is a very powerful song uh gojira are extremely into environmentalism uh their most recent album fortitude brilliant album by the way well recommend listening to um the track amazonia on that is dealing with the uh, amplific fires in the amazon um and they used that song for a fundraiser that raised about $300,000, which they donated in its entirety towards efforts to help the indigenous peoples of um, Brazil who were affected by the rapid deforestation of the Amazon rainforest. Um, this track, Flying Whales, it is a more abstract um, take on their environmentalism, but it's still an equally powerful track. So here we are, Gajira's Flying Whales.
up with flying whales. I had that rip stuck in my head in my ages. I'm actually in the process of learning how to play it myself because it's really good. They are the masters of exceptionally good riffs. And I am actually going to call this a little bit early um, this evening, mostly because my last song is exceptionally big. Um, so I will say thank you for tuning in. Um, thank you so much for listening. So the music's a bit light. However, progressive music, um, rock and metal, massive songs just comes with the territory. Um, and this last one is the most massive. It's from the band Tool. Now, I've covered Tool before. Tool are a bit of a weird one in terms of progressive metal as they are probably the most well-known progressive metal band, uh, the most mainstream one um, at the least. And they frequently do get lumped in with progressive rock as well, simply due to the fact that they just do not have um, the same heaviness and aggression that you get from bands like Opeth and Gajira. But they are still a metal band, and they are still a progressive metal band as well. They're most famous for their album Lateralis, um, which its titular track um, is written about and including the Fibonacci sequence of numbers, which was quite strange and interesting concept at the time as well. Very recently they put out their latest album, which was Fear Inoculum, um, and it was nominated for a Grammy Award and won it, too, um, for Best Metal Performance, and it was for the song Tempest, um, which I have here. Tempest is a massive, massive prog rock track, and it really shows off just how good Tool's guitar player is. He's kind of underrated. Um, It is mass 15 minutes long, hence why I'm sort of cutting this a bit short. So I hopefully will be able to play the whole song, Possibly not. But without any further ado, thank you so much for listening. Um, And we'll see you all uh, in a bit. I'm probably going to go on a little bit of a hiatus over the summer Christmas period. Uh, Simply just to spend some time with my family and get a few things sorted out. So there might not be a show until uh, sometime in January. Um, If that is the case, I will see you all then.
Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this podcast available by funding the Access Media Project. Other great podcasts from Fresh FM are available through the accessmedia.nz app or our website freshfm.net.